It was on a cold day, filled with slowly falling snow, that we see Baron Kreskov. Bald on top, his earthy brown skin and wiry ring of white hair. He stood resolute, a dark spot amongst the pale ground. He was kneeling with a face so stony it appeared carved, glancing into the uncovered rectangle of dark dirt growing lighter with frost. He had lost so much. His wife, sturdy and willed, had run out of tears before he had. And in this moment, he did not think himself a strong man. Simply there, broken and cold at the grave of another child. But as we pull back, we know he is wrong. A kneeling man, sturdy, holding the crumbling world together in the cold of snow, surrounded under the Hawthorne forest by other dark figures. Carpenters, farmers, blacksmiths, weavers all. His people. They stood around him in reverent mourning, a town supported by one man. And though he thought he wouldn't make it through another day, he was wrong. And in being wrong, he was strong. He was Kresk. Surprise was possessed to begin with. Hello, Internet. Speaking Welcome back to Curse of Innistrad. It's us, your old friend. <laughs> Repossessing bodies is rather important in this current case. It's us, your old friend. The other people on the Internet. I find myself a twice-born-again Abyssinian. <laughs> when was the first because born? you died like three times? And you Does that mean you, you were born, died... Born again. I died but the twice. And I saved so, him but the twice. So you like a tri- a thrice baked potato at this point? I don't appreciate the So in between last episode and this, one of the characters became a vampire. You have to guess who. What? Clearly. No, no, it's not anything true at all. What? I, I, I get the feeling it wasn't me. <laughs> that sounds like something a vampire would say. It was the dog. We're all fucked. And avoid suspicion. Okay. So, where we last left off, um, after terse words held outside during the rain between uh, Faustus, Grimhild, and Conrad, eventually coming to a conclusion that led to them continuing to work together under provisions, um, group all moved together to follow off an inclination that Nick had received from the flaming specter image what have you the term escapes really any knowledge that anyone has of uh, the angel Vionia, where she referred to allowing those under her care rest and having the relighting the beacon of uh, the hold when pursuing this and re-speaking with the knights in charge of this area um, the particular one that they had had uh, conversations with before Sir Godfrey he went to speak with his lord of the castle uh one Vladimir Horngard. While considering if this was going to be a good option or not, some thought to possibly sneak by, others thought to eavesdrop on the conversation, and in the process of doing so, not naming any names, uh, someone got noticed in the process. Um, This resulted in a long conversation about ideologies, methodology, and general application of skills and talents and power in this time, so trying and dark. When the disagreement became absolute, the uh, Vladimir of Horngard was sentenced to a trial by combat from Conrad, our resident inquisitor, 
who accepted it gladly, despite not being the typical one-on-one one might expect. However, this may be excused as he was a spectral entity of enormous power rising from his fallen throne. Expected considering it was martyr fucking Logarius. <laughs> now look, uh, we use the legal principle of habeas corpus. We produced the body. We did not. <laughs> we produced a part of the body. Look, okay, the bo- you have the body, just not the soul. That's, pretty, that's all the Corpus cares about. We did the important stuff. <laughs> Summarize of every session. Attempt- we attempted to do the important stuff. There you go. Not our sessions. Jesus. <laughs> Vaguely went in the direction of the important stuff. We <laughs> meandered in the proper direction. She yeah, sneered at it as he walked around. his plans to reverse the world. <laughs> um. So after concluding this and have being battered and beaten by the uh, immense body of Vladimir Horngard, and I specify body as after his fall and destruction, he whispered words of vengeance similar to those uttered by those supposedly in his care, the other uh, body-possessing specters found below. Um, his spirit seemed to vanish from the sight, leaving only his body over a distraught but stoic sir godfrey while the rest of you uh prepared yourselves and appeared to be going uh preparing to move upstairs in particular to where you had been suggested you might need to go so with all that said um i presume you all separate from uh the uh fallen body of uh vladimir horngard and that of sir godfrey um were you intending to go upstairs as i so assumed last time and i believe her directly but we have to light the beacon right I believe so Gondor calls for aid. I push her out of the tower. No! <laughs> oh no, the eagle is real helpful. You're going to have to sneak hey, up on her hey, first. Actually, I can cool the thing and technically have a way out of this because I forgot yeah, I had it. Called Big Eagle for one time oh, ever. Yeah. Ow. Conrad's just sort of lumbering through the room looking really pale. <laughs> just because he's old. Have proof. There, there are you know, multiple reasons. blood on a regular basis. So, um... Yeah, as you all gather and move over to the staircase that had been uh, alluded to be the direction previous. Uh, one second here. I have a thing I can do for my own convenience that I should have done earlier. I can bring up the book on both my computer and my thing so I can look at the proper map I need to and look at the numbers associated at the same time. It's real nice. There we are. <laughs> okay. You move out towards the staircase and... Uh, take the winding path upward. Um, let's go ahead and reveal that section of the map because I juggle so many stupid things in this. Um, reveal areas. N- no, please. Thing. Help. Help. Let me do this. Please, no. Whatever. Good enough. Cool. Did the angel just, like, smash up through it? What? Caw, caw. Never mind. I'm talking about the very top level. I'm mostly uh, curious it, what's causing this giant hole. It's been stated there's been a hole there for a while. I know, it. but I'm just looking. I I know I had to widen it. I'm mostly curious what caused it at this point. The dog crashing through the roof. He's a big puppy. Best pupper. Actually, the dog probably has explored most of this shit. Especially if it's this goddamn open. What was that dumbass doing the entire time? What the fuck, dog? He was over here in the in the tower parapet. He we was just finding snacks and chairs. He's chewing on a ballista. He's just. We find a chair, bunch of dog hair. As long as it wasn't walking, he's good. He's over at the cinder block. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
Mm, ah, there we are. So as you move up to the rooftop, um, you can see, though, again, weathered and aged, like a lot of this, uh, drenched with what pieces of rain have fallen during this damp day, like most others, in the cold light of Stensia. Um, it seems still structurally sound for the most part, barring the hole and jagged pieces of rotted wood. It is expansive, and you can see through parapets and uh, the crenulations that this was built as some place to still be defensible, despite the areas for uh, showing off and entertaining on the floors below. You can still see the remains of heavy-set ballista. Um, ancient, they're certainly rotted by time and weather, standing atop the battlements. But other than that, at first, there doesn't seem to be much here. Destroyed remnants and stonework. Um, however, still off to other than a few sections of minor rooms, there is the larger tower still over to the east, craning up at least another story. Yeah, there's nothing to note besides architecture. I guess that's where we're headed. Yep. Oh, sweet. More stairs. And I'm just double-checking to make sure there is no, like, oh, that's, that's why it doesn't work. Uh, oh, perfect. There we are. As you step over towards the still-rising tower, the heavy stonework drenched with rain and marked with moss, you can see out there are, up above, two stone outposts on either side of it. Sort of nests where one may stand, uh, an archer of some sort. And in this case, you find yourself seeing precisely that, in fact. Up there, you can see two figures, spectral, drifting pieces of white mingling with pale blue, wearing armor of the church, theoretically. It's been a time, both in fashion and that this armor is no physical being whatsoever, shifting into the same uh, evanescent shades and colors. Let's see. Let's... They stand there resolute as you approach. They hold long bows, extending over to either the side that likely would need either heavy placement against the ground or to be set against the walls. Um, but they don't seem to be bringing them to bear, pulling back uh, the arrows across them. They're just simply standing there holding them resolute, watching as you approach. Sort of look up at them. They seem to not regard your presence in the slightest, and instead faceless, just shifting clouds, mist caught in their visors. They stare forward. Yeah, I continue. You wait for a response in the dripping water and mists. There still seems to be none after 30 seconds. A minute. Nothing. Shrug and open the door. <coughs> Start walking. Okay. As you step through the narrowing parapet, move over to the sturdy wooden door and push it open. Inside, there is a rickety wooden landing and a staircase clinging to the wall. The stairs lead up to another landing at least 20 feet above, towering above this. Um, And you can see from the edge, gazing down, the aged carpet and broken bits of body left behind in the chapel below, at least 60 feet more to the ground. Still. Start carefully climbing. There is still a railing set up, and though aged and untrustworthy like most of the other architecture here, it seems sturdy enough as you bring yourself upward. As you ring to the next layer, uh, the process continues moving upward. More layers of stone and 
wood layering. <coughs> this time with two separate doors over to the sides as, the cre- as it creaks and groans over, oh, eh, excuse me, underfoot. You can tell pretty easily that these are the sections high enough to where the spectral bowmen had set themselves previously. But yet there are more stairs continuing to move upward. Keep moving. Going for it. Yeah, Faustus will head up not far behind. Do-do-do. As you move upward, there is an immense creaking noise. An aching of stone and wood. And you can hear the groan as it creaks through the tower. <clears throat> the sound of something breaking beneath foot. Um, since it sounds pretty firmly like Conrad is in the front here... Yeah. I'm going to have to ask you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, boy. Probably make our lightly dressed people go up instead. Are you kidding? I'm one of the best of us at dexterity saves. It's actually true. Yes, but if someone who was really good at it in your presence. (laughs) 15. Okay. Feeling as the rock and bearing beneath you begins to give way and crumble beneath your feet. You throw yourself forward bodily and as it comes out beneath you, you can feel nothing below as you start sinking. But as you catch forward, you feel it as the edge stone that hasn't continued to crumble hits into your belly, blocked off by what piece of armor you have, doesn't reduce its aching, especially on your already battered body. But you find yourself clinging to the broken section of stair. Uh, sturdily enough that you can pull yourself up with the strength you have, dangling only your waist over. Uh, We're already this far. To everyone else, there's now about a... It's already on there, though, not on the original map, it seems. There is about a a ten-foot gap of broken, jagged stonework. Um, You can see below that it doesn't fall all the way to the bottom of the chapel, but it does fall about 20 feet to the previous landing, which is not necessarily trustworthy either. Um, still, even though wide, if, uh, any of you particularly acrobatic shouldn't have much trouble with it. Really? It's going up. We, like, we have to leap up and over it, right? It's not a particularly steep incline. I mean, you still have to make a check, but it won't be miserable. Just run up the wall like a huge doof. <laughs> um. Well, an assassin's green. Can you, <laughs> can Conrad lift himself all the way up, or is he just stuck on his... Oh, you can, you can lift yourself up, Conrad. Yeah, I'm good. I'm not gonna make, make a check for that. Um, is there any sort of support up this far. Any railings or anything like that? Still railings. A section of it broke away as the stonework collapsed. Um, the other ones bent and twisted a few bits right around the area where it collapsed in, but uh, it's not particularly destroyed. Really more splintered than bent, if I'm being honest. It's wood, not metal. Um, yeah, I mean, once, once Conrad's up, Nick will take a rope out of his bag and see if he can tie it to the railing at the not, uh, you know, the other end. Sure. I'm, I'm not going to make make a check for not tying. You take a little bit of time, minute, just to make sure that it's firmly held there on uh, as strong of a post as you can see. The ones directly next to the crack is probably not the one of opportunity. Um, but you get yourself a good tied-off section. Yeah, he'll, he'll uh, like yank on it, see if it you know, any of these armored folks would break. And you can't promise that it won't, but it doesn't seem like it's going to immediately, at least. Well, after... No, he's going to stand somewhere relatively secure and then just yank on it, basically. Sure. Uh, I mean, again, it's not necessarily the weight of an armored individual, but okay. you can assume that it probably will, at least for a while. Then uh, yeah, he'll climb up. Okay. 
as you scale over in that direction, um, using the rope to help you. Um, who is everyone making the climb over, or is it just uh, Nick and the already there uh, Conrad? Who's staying behind? So Grove will go, but the dog is like he's having to carry it because it's whining and being a baby. You shut up. Dogs are babies. Dog is great. No, the dog is great, but he knows that he did good, so now he's hamming it up. So whoever <laughs> stays behind is going to have to carry it as he goes upstairs. Would you describe this feat of athleticism? Would I describe what? What we're doing here as a feat of athleticism? If you were attempting to carry the dog and do something, maybe. If you're just attempting to scale this, no, not particularly. I mean, oh, I guess I'll go up. If it's, it's like I won't die, I'll go up. Yeah, at this point, yeah, you've secured right. enough of a reasonable method, and really the only danger was the surprise. Other, I mean, it's not impossible that you could fuck up, but with the setup rope and everything, it should be fine. Okay. Then, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll go then. <laughs> really, the only one who can't conveniently get up is you. Yeah, what a fucking baby. <laughs> he doesn't have hands. That might be a problem. Tiny paws. Not good for climbing. <laughs> See, Travis, this is why you need the giant spider. <laughs> Well, it did have wolf in the name, but you know, next time maybe. <clears throat> Ishkana, Ishkana. <laughs> okay, um, a bit of time setting yourselves to traverse over using the guide method that uh, Nick had set up just a moment ago. A bit of scaling, a bit of effort, but within a few minutes, all of you managed to make your way across. It seems still rickety here, but nowhere near as close to collapsing as it did moments before, when it did in fact collapse. With only one way to continue traversing, you uh, follow, moving upstairs. And you can see, though, again, nowhere is particularly well lit here, but light pouring in from above as you approach up to the top. The stone battlement encloses the roof of this turret as you approach up from the staircase below. And as it spirals out, you can see uh, at the tower's peak, a heavy stone floor, and a pitched roof above, not entirely closed off to the outside world, though set with uh, windows and a few uh, sections that have fallen apart through disrepair and a few that may have been arrow slits for emergency defense in times in the past. Above you, on the crisscrossing rafters of what of the roof, coming and going through many of the small holes there and between the drips of water, there are ravens flittering in between, making a quiet uh, murmur, susurrus of sorts, between chirps and calls, but none of them loud, even in your presence and the noise from below. These windows are quite large, at least ten foot high, five feet wide, arced, and spaced evenly among the walls. And each one it consists of a lead latticework fitted with several panes of transparent glass. As you approach up into there, all of the ravens regard you as you enter just watching you with interest, some of them hopping to better places to eye you. Um, other ones just simply keeping their heads turned to the side as they go about their business, but still clearly keeping you in vision. There doesn't seem to be anything else particularly here. The room is not particularly well-maintained, exposed to the elements to some degree. Um, stonework. The windows are lovely, but dusted over and sections of mold and frosted with mist and rain. Is there anything you'd like to do here? I'll just probably hang by one of the windows and look out over the countryside. <laughs> sure. See what you can spot of the uh, land. 
Are you favoring any particular direction? Uh, the di- direction toward Moore's Castle. Sure. Um, specifically to the north and east, um, you can see mist-shrouded layers of low-hanging clouds and rain. A valley seeping in dark woods, a small town, a lonely windmill. And though thin from here, even at this height, you can see amongst the mist and rain, off in the distance, the dark, looming figure of the estate, still here as you do so. As you look out in that direction, in its present darkness, though still so far away, please make me an investigation check. Uh, let's see, a lot. 18 plus... I'm trying to remember where I put my skills on this one. Mm-hmm. 18 plus 8, 26. You can see when looking out in that direction, though mostly still and dark, only a few motions of ravens that move by, flittering in and that of falling rain, there are two things of note far out. One, not directly by Moore's estate, but looming off in the distance over the edges of some of the mountains and hills rising up. A dark shape moving through the sky and darting down to below in large swoops. Darting is probably too favorable of an adjective to give it. It's heavy, even if graceful. And you can see trails of orange and red light up even amongst the mist. There seems to be activity of some dragon in that direction, beyond his estate, but in, still inside the mountain ranges. While that would be interesting and unusual, the other thing in particular that stands out is there is a sound, faint, that's similar to music, or akin to what you heard when in battle with Vladimir Horngard earlier, when he was wounded deeply, a sort of, uh-huh. Uh, low voice feminine sing song and as you hear it in your ears you can see a shape move by darting through the clouds rain fog this one graceful as well but this time actually darting moving not prancing but stepping forward as it flies a shape in pale white light it seems to be like that of a horse through the sky but more graceful than that, and in the sky no less, but for the fact that its body held close together moves to a slender neck and wings that move off to either side. You see it for just a moment as it flies outwards, but it flies shifting along what should be the breeze. doesn't seem to have a physical presence left behind in the mist or rains, but as it moves forward, you see as it flies and pretty precisely the direction of Moore's estate. You make me a religion check also, having seen this. Uh, 16 plus... Okay. Uh, you would most certainly have heard about this. They are things of stories. Um, they were apparently around a while ago, but it's a thing that many Cathars know about, and of course having been wed to an Inquisitor, um, you would have heard about these series of events. Um, this is a at least the shape of a griff, uh, part heron, part horse, symboling the strength of Avison and the holy nature she imbues upon the world. They've dissipated many of the demons' fights and excursions in these days, but at one point they were a symbol of her true faith. While not physical, this one, clearly, it's still an odd sight to see anywhere. Yeah, well, I saw a lot more looking out this window than I thought I was about to. 
Was that, so you said first there's a dragon? Quite off in the distance. Okay. I didn't realize dragons were on Innistrad. <laughs> I get that like every there's time I talk one. about dragons. I fuck every time. one per set. Is there, are we playing Magic the Gathering? There will be a big, dumb red dragon. There are, there are sets that don't have dragons, but yeah, Innistrad has like, first Innistrad block had one dragon per set plus Scorch the Fields. Um, and then uh, later had a few more, uh, like Mirrorwing Dragon, Moonveil Dragon, Banefire Dragon, Arcwing Dragon. Yeah. Okay. And so, so the dragon is miles away. Where is the griff? It started seemingly close, almost as if it was flying directly from underneath the you, like the floor below, which would have made no sense. There's no hole there. There's no physical thing there. So clearly it's not a physical being. But then it flew outwards, weaving a little bit, but almost straight in the direction beyond that to more estate. Have any of you seen a dragon before? Never in person. Not up close. Only in stories. Yeah, you're not allowed over there. That's fucking cool. Yeah, sure. To anyone who hasn't pointed out to them, it's it's not too hard to see off in the distance. A heavy figure, long neck, moving through the mist and cloud cover, lighting it up, not unlike how lightning seems so much wider in the clouds. However, even broader than that, flame is a much broader shape, and it seems to be assailing something over in the mountains. Judging based on the size of it and the ability to see it from here miles away, it must be something immense. Conrad, I have a question about theology. Of course. What would be the significance of a an insubstantial griff flying out of this castle and into the mist out there? Wor- worth noting, Conrad. You rarely even hear the word griffin passing. You know clearly what it is. It's taught to you in religious texts, history, and things to do with the church. But it's not something that just casually comes up ever. They don't really exist as far as people know anymore. I suppose it would be a sign of tremendous Avicinian presence. Presence here or presence leaving? Either way, this wasn't a hypothetical question. I didn't figure you'd ask if it was. And I thought I heard that same voice that we heard downstairs. Maybe you did. Can't think of a reason the presence would be leaving here just because we made it up here. Did the angel leaving, perhaps? Or even the Lord's spirit leaving? Seems unlikely. I don't think there was enough left of the Lord's spirit to form an insubstantial griff. What else are we doing up here? Is there a beacon to light up here? There seems to be a few torches scattered about, um, but when you start looking for a beacon, as for an immense lantern, I presume, uh, would be your assumption. You look around, and nothing is clear at first. Nothing that would resemble any sort of thing to bring flame to. When you look to the rafters, with this gathered raven still eyeing you all, some flitting in and out, you notice that upon the middle of them, Above everything else here, there is a broader piece of wood, circular of sorts. Uh, it is not too difficult for any of you athletically minded to raise yourself up to a level to get a better glance at it. And as you do so, it seems to be a sunken, not quite nest. And at this point, it is mostly a nest, but that doesn't seem its original purpose by any means. The wood around it is marked with feathers, shapes etched into it, 
And directly in the middle is just a small sunken recess, a flat plane uh, about the breadth of a salad plate. Uh, is there anything in that? Any be like nest bits or eggs or feathers or anything in the? You can see ex- you can see extraneous pieces of feathers and use. It's not particularly have any nests just set directly into it. Um, you need one particularly broad to fill it as such and. Ravens do not make nests that large, as you know. Um, it's not enormous, but still. Um, the ravens don't seem to be particularly paying too much attention to that section of it. The, again, there's sticks, small pieces of fallen gravel, um, rain, mold, um, but nothing of oil or anything to light, no holy symbols that you recognize beyond those decorating next to it etched into the wood. Well, we're going to have to evict these uh, birds, but I think this is the closest thing we've got. So, what do you do? It is, I suppose, worth noting that um, based on the clear sight you saw off in that direction, you can see, just noting out through all the windows, you, you can see quite a long ways if there was anything you were looking to in particular or directions you wish to purview in. Uh, well, we're headed towards Kresg. I guess we'll look in that direction as Sure. <laughs> As you gaze off in that direction, um, you can see over to the west between rocky hills, snowy mountainside next to a stretch of fog-smothered pines and perched at the edge of the snow. You can see an abbey, stone, white, much cleaner and taken care of than this, even from here, next to the direction where you have heard of Kresg. It's next to as the sections of forest the area where you would presumed the village would be. And this seems at the outskirts or barely held within this white sprawling building marked even from here with Avacyn symbols. After that, I guess it's time to start uh, taking these birds, put any nests on other rafters since these bumpkin weirdos think it's weird to mess with ravens. (laughs) All right. So uh, Nick begins uh, moving between the rafters with a, a bit of maneuvering to climb up and uh, move between them. It's not the broadest space to be inside of, uh, but you manage to start moving nests, much to the chagrin of many of these ravens, with a series of <coughs> other noises of disapproval. Um, none of them specifically seem to nip at you or insult you, especially once you simply see appear to be moving them. They seem strangely present of that fact. Don't be giving me any lip or beak or whatever. Just be shipping off. <laughs> Down the tower. Yeah, uh, somebody hand me up my bag. Lyrio hand it up. Yeah, he's got oil in there. Okay, so what do you do? Light this thing up. You're just going to pour oil into the wooden basin? No, like I said, I've got some candles, too. Um, let's see. Yeah, I don't know personally how you'd keep this going. It'd probably be something you'd have to attend to every day if this were, before we're still in operation. We'll try a candle first. Sure. Um doesn't take you too much effort to find one of the broad-bottomed candles and set it down. Um, a bit of marking atop the candle to give it a flatter base and uh, press it down. Um, you bring uh, light to the wick from, uh, I presume some one of you has a convenience to fire. At least Illyria does, if no one else. I, I mean, it's right here between the fingers. Flame, real quick. <laughs> Making it look real cool like a magician trick. Ooh. Yeah, Just tinderbox and torches. You've been mind-freaked. A little bit Colonel Mustang at times. You bring a light to the edge of the candle, um, yellowed in its tallow, and it 
produces a modest light flickering in the midst of still damp air, small amounts of breeze moving through the holes in the building. You set it down. It's a bit lighter in here. Most of the ravens have moved aside from you, ruffling their feathers. Some of them have chosen to vacate the premises altogether. Even as they do so, five seconds pass, 30 seconds pass, minute passes. Really no notable change. Does that have to be bigger? Hmm. Is it a signal fire? Uh, anyone looking into it, um, make me an investigation check. Cool. Natural one. Pretty good. Okay, he's actually pretty good. People hit me up with what you got. What'd you say? People hit me up with what you got if anyone... What did you roll? Oh, eight. 18. Okay. It takes... Other than Conrad, who doesn't seem to be paying much attention to this particular process. I'm busy. Um, busy dealing with his immense amount of wounds. Um, all of you firstly get the idea as you look around for presence here. You're noticing that this basin is not scorched. It has no even remains of ash caked into the bottom of it. Um, there doesn't seem to be oily residue or black marks. In fact, even looking above at the rafters, there doesn't seem to be any marks of there being flame here. And even if they were, this entire room would probably have become quite smoky quickly if it wasn't for something being as small as a candle. Additionally, though, the word beacon. Uh, Grove, you think about this. A beacon, of course, would mean that it was would be seen from far out. The angle of where this is would not really lend itself to a flame shining through these windows. Anything that would fill that spot if it was to produce light like uh, firewood would never get anywhere. It's not light we want here. We'll give a whistle. See how the acoustics sound in here. It's not great, <laughs> It's to be completely honest. Yeah. It's not does, doesn't seem divine for that. It's not Is terrible. The base is here for shining light in a specific direction. It's a sunken, not immense space, and it's more of like a pie tin almost, but of wood. That's sort of just circular, just lowered by an inch or so amongst the rafters nestled into the middle. I'm gonna look at the dog. You were supposed to fix this. <laughs> it was your job, buddy. <laughs> He's not up here. No one carried him. I carried him, I thought. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you can't really carry him while climbing that rope at the same time for this. <laughs> then he will just say it's <laughs> he was supposed to fix this, damn it. Oh no, this amount of size, I would say he could jump it. He's a strong dog. Okay. <laughs> he just stares at you. What <laughs> job. He tilts his head sideways and gazes up his eyes at you. No, no, you're not doing any of that puppy dog crap. Hmm. It's not a light. It's not acoustics. I have no idea. Uh-huh. What do you? What do you? What do you civilized people use out here? We just, you know, we rely on fire where I'm from. And so, is there any particular thing I'd know from being in the area that they'd use? Um, make me. I. Lower of history and religion check. Faust is going to cast oh. detect magic around the uh, tower. Sorry, what'd you say? I said Faust is going to cast detect magic. Oh, I, I heard you. I was asking what Josh said. Thirteen. Thirteen. Um, not specifically is the thing worth mentioning ahead of time. That said, 
or a place of holy resonance and power. There could be a number of things doing so. And if this beacon is supposed to do some work relating to holy energies, that things you would have heard about in past that, among other things, angels are able to create immense amounts of light. And as such, this being a place of resonance may be somewhere to do something relating to that, but you're not really specifically sure what. It's not like a material that you could just know about, really, because there doesn't seem to be any signs of any material. An angel or an angel feather or something that we could find? I mean, very possibly. You don't have, like, specific precedence of this happening, but that would make sense. I'll take a look around with divine sense. Um, okay, let's see. Let's go in order. Oh, detect magic. Um, I need to check the specifics on detect magic. I think it's basically school and relative strength. Um, all right, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, what is the... How does your thing work? It also checks consecrated ground? Yeah, consecrated and desecrated. Excellent. Um, as you gaze about, you don't sense undead. Okay. You don't send fiends. But this entire room is immensely consecrated. This is holy ground you're standing in. We walk on sanctified ground. And curiously, I'm not burning. Unless you think yourself a demon, I don't think that happens. Or a devil? Is that what I... He kind of turns and looks out the window. Mm, there we are. Okay. You gaze around the room with your magic detection. It is mostly still, but for that you accumulate off of the objects possessed by the presence and people in your presence that carried by you that held within uh, your familiar. But there is one note. That sunken wooden basin uh, up in the rafters. It emits a sense, not particularly potent or anything, um, of I believe it's conjuration. No, excuse me. Evocation. Evocation magic. Wait, did you say the griff was headed? Towards Mora's estate? Do you think it possible that whatever we need to make this work was at some point taken? That does seem possible. I'm sure Mora would just love to collect things like that. Yes, although as far as we know, this is this keep has been occupied by the Cathar since well before any of this was an issue. We could just literally ask. Ask who? Gottfried, was that his name? Uh, yeah, Sir Gottfried. Yeah, that seems reasonable. This is not my specialty. So what do you do? Yeah, unless we have some kind of angel bit, or I don't think we've seen any, I'm going to ask Sir Godfrey. <laughs> what about all that crap that we uh, played musical platforms in <laughs> the crypt? Now to play it here! <laughs> okay. Um... Do all of you head out in that direction, or? Uh, Grove's a little overwhelmed with having to deal with people who'll sit here and enjoy being around a bunch of birds again. Same. Illyria's <laughs> like, let's let's just be around animals. Animals uh, make sense, unlike dead people. Conrad's staying too. <laughs> well, Faustus is leaving. Yeah. Okay. Faustus, Nick, and uh, Grimhild. You all meander your way back down through the staircase, back over the uh, newfound gap, through the roof, back down to the room below. Upon entering back in, you 
can see into the throne room where you had previously had such a brawl earlier. Blood still spattered across the ground from the few of you, um, in particular one of you that uh, was cut deeply. You don't see sir, uh, the Lord's body, and in the same room you do not see uh, Sir Godfrey. Are any other dudes there? There doesn't seem to be. All right. Is the sword still there? No, it is not. For fuck's sake. I should just grab it. What makes you think that if you grabbed it, it'd still be around? Like it just, it would be, because I'd have it. And Sir Godfrey <laughs> wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm going to go put it in a grave or something. I shrug. It also smokes along silently. And it call out. Yeah. Oh. What, uh, what do you call, Nick? Oh, just, just a hello. You don't hear anything, um, at least if you're just shouting out to the building in general. That doesn't seem to be any response. <clears throat> Gotta start opening doors. So as Nick goes by opening doors one by one, Faustus and Grimmel, are you doing anything? I, is there a trail or something going somewhere? Like, uh, Fair enough question. Um, not of anything like blood or even particularly footprints or the like, but you can see disturbed debris from the pile uh, moved in the direction, at least, of the staircase descending downward. Does this room have a All window right. that looks over the graveyard? Um, it'd take a bit of moving into a separate room, but yes, easily enough. Faustus will go take a look at that. Sure. As you peer out over the side, you can see a gathering of men, figures shrouded in armor. Um, none of them currently, uh, well, all of them wearing helmets, all of them seemingly in full garb, standing amidst the sprinkling of rain. You can see... Two spectral shapes moving dirt, earth, from a section of the graveyard. Spectral shapes? Yes, these pale and white with wisps of blue inside them, like those archers that were on either side of the tall tower. Yeah. Surrounded by what seems to be five men in heavy... Excuse me. Seven men in heavy armor. I think they're burying him. Yeah, I mean, I need to ask Sir Godfrey what the fuck. I'm going to wait for the ceremony to be over then. Okay. Yeah. It. Oh, sorry. So I'll wait for the ceremony to be over. Here's a point. Um, unless oh. I can see anything that would fit what we're looking for. Not in particular, at least. Uh, as far as you have an idea of. If you're looking for anything specifically Looking's angelic, fast. you're not noticing anything. I'll check that fireplace room. Nope, no fire angels. <laughs> um, as you gaze over the side, um, you can see as the process is sober and solemn. There doesn't seem to be a huge exchange of words or emotions. It is simply pulling this, uh, pulling the earth free from the ground, setting in what seems to be a fine but battered coffin, closing what remains of the Grafdigger's cage around it, and then lowering it into the earth after some simple motions. When you see as he lowers the remains, they are now in simple tabard clothing, a tainted body, not quite dust, but missing most flesh. And it is lowered, hands crossed over himself, clutching onto a collar of Abyssin. They sink him beneath the dirt. And you can see, as in finer armor than some of the others, larger white marks and a clearer dated shape of Abyssin's collar sit across it. You see Sir Godfrey watch over as they bury his what remains of him. And he kneels over the turned soil. 
and lowers his head to it, pressing his forehead. The rest of them stand and then begin to disperse after what seems to be a stillness. They separate. Some of them move back towards the castle. You can see three of them, actually, two together, one off on his own, walking between the bars and moving out towards the forest. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to try to head down and catch Sir Godfrey. Sure. Yeah. Are they giant sorters? <laughs> you uh, move out into the graveyard, the damp earth at your feet, uh, each step not squelching but pushing into it as you move over. You can see as he's there, still knelt reverently, head against the soil. He doesn't make a particular motion of you approaching until you are mere feet away when he raises himself slowly. You can see that he is wearing nothing resembling uh, Lord Horngard's armor. But you can now, out here, you can see in one of the sections against the wall, it's there, set carefully, piled as one would with the utmost care. And across it, draped uh, the large, heavy sword decorated with the feathers of angel. Shapes of feather of angel, worth noting. Not actual, because then I'd just take those feathers and be like, oh, beacon. <laughs> it's worth specifying as a result of that. Yes. Um, I don't know if you breach this easily, but I have a charisma of 10, so that makes sense. Is there, is there something you need? The final thing. Of course. The beacon at the top of the fortress. Yes. How was it lit? With radiant silver light. I don't know the specifics. It was something that Fionnia took care of. Her presence faded on the day she fell. Does consecrate spell or something that can make something holy for a while? Or, I guess, bless? Have you just tried using divine and magic? Upstairs is already blessed. Or it's already consecrated. Yeah, but like specifically a more, a, even more, a concentrated <laughs> consecration. I would figure you mentioned you wish to relight it. Yes. Yes. I suppose you would need some remains of her, her blessings upon this world. Sir Horngard holds onto her prayers, her songs. Even in the state he's in, not here. I'm certain that's something he has with him. But I know of the truth of what that fiend, more what he has taken from here. The wings of an angel are not something so easily forgotten. Perhaps that may be some remnant that may aid you in your efforts. Then I am sorry that it seems we must leave you with your grief for at least a bit more time. I would have it no other way. It is good to know I can still grieve. It's been so very long. This is going to seem indelicate. Continue. I would ask that I may borrow Sir Hornsguard's sword so that I may see this through. And also so that he does not hit me with it when we return. <laughs> of course. No, you you are right. Something of something of that sort is meant to be held in hands that seek to do good. I'll be honest, it is mostly so he does not hit us with it again when we return. <laughs> I will still consider that good in this time. I do not wish you to die. You have much to do before you rest. Indeed. He stands up from his kneeling position, taking minimal notice of the mud clinging to him, even that stretched across his forehead. And he steps forward, um, his face somewhere between a choked smile and 
confused, solemn. But he moves over to the sword, takes the heavy scabbard. You can see as the party grab is laden with heavy matted fur around the dark leathers. He steps forward and offers it, lowering his chokes, offering you the handhold on it. I take it uh, gingerly-ish. I mean, some huge swords are not like too gingerly. Yeah, you need a solid grasp on it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're going to hold it in one hand. It's, it's, it's not meant for one hand. Yeah, and I grab this Moonlight Greatsword and I shoot lasers with it. <laughs> you got it. Do the work we were meant to. I swear it. Good. I must organize that of which of us, which of us decided to remain. Not necessarily in service, but in faith, I suppose. I wish you the best. I, I will see what else I can supply you with if need be. I have forever for my grief, so I must aid at this time. Yes, any and all help is appreciated. <laughs> when you see your friend, the, the aging one, who seemed to be catching the worst of his ire, send him down here, if you will. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I'll pop back up and, well, guys, guess what? Turns out we need to get uh, an angel's wings back from Mauer. It's more grim and dark. Uh, and also give me a moment, I'll get your sword sets to you. But yeah, so Grimhild returns and, uh, not parallel, that would be the term, relays the information. Yes, it seems our work here is not quite yet done, but we likely need to relight the beam stolen from the angel by Mauer himself. Oh good, I feel so much better about today. That said... Conrad, when you've a moment, we would like to speak with you. Um, it is worth noting. Did anyone else have anything to do while they were waiting in the beacon, since you would have to re-advance up there to speak to Conrad? Not that there has to be anything, just making sure. Uh, I think the only thing Grove's going to do is probably get the lay of the land from the height advantage and, like, not sketch the birds, but study them, because birds. Sure. Um, getting the lay of the land is easy enough. It takes a little bit of time to memorize it. I mean, you're not going to remember every single detail, every curve of river, every tree that's fallen, but you have enough that you should be able to update the map that was uh, sketched out by Yulia before. Perfect. <clears throat> Make it a little more up-to-date. Um, as for the birds, they are in a salient mindset, very clear and paying attention to you. They seem quite clever, but they aren't completely unbirdy, I suppose would be the indelicate way of saying it. <laughs> Um, he knows the birds in this area are really smart, so he's... Yeah, you've seen you've seen other ones in the past that acted strange for ravens. These are acting like Stencia ravens. They're smart, but they're not stranger than usual. Yeah, he's funny, yeah. They do but, seem to regard you fondly enough. Not so much your dog in his uh, motions, especially whenever one of them advances closer. He is in his attempt for his jaws to wrap around them. <laughs> No. But none of, none of them seem to be so foolish as to get caught by him. Well, if they get caught, it's their own damn fault. So <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah, no, that, that's about what he spends his time with. Okay. Uh, well, after you're done doing that, um, yeah, you're greeted as Grimhild advances back up to the beacon. Is she carrying the blade? Um, yes, she is. Comrade will grimace uh, as he sees it. All right. I'll speak to him. He'll stand up, dust himself off, and start making his way back downstairs. As you eventually find your way out into the graveyard, you can see, leaning against one of the walls near the fresh-turned earth, the body of Sir Godfrey in what seems to be the finest care his armor has seen in a long time, though still poorly maintained in a sense, mainly through age, and none of them seeming to be smiths. His helmet is off now, 
and you can see that he has some dirt streaks through his hair. Um, he is sitting next to the full set of dark but still somewhat silvered armor of Lord Horngard. Ah, you were Stalkers was the last name, correct? That was... Yes. Good. You have done a service I didn't know I needed. Apparently so deeply. You are correct about many of the things you said about him, about us. So, I felt it was only right to give you something to better defend yourself against the darkness with. He stands up, and as he does so, he pulls up the heavy pieces of armor next to him. They're dated, but they're strong and blessed, even if he would have forgotten so. Is there anything I should know? I don't know what power they hold, but I couldn't imagine a curse. Oh, I wouldn't figure. He always felt held on to some sort of faith, even if the wrong one in the end. Thank you. You do me a great service. Perhaps one I don't deserve. Just like I told your friend. Just make sure to do what we all need to have done, and then you'll have earned this plenty. Nods. Thank you. He doesn't say thank you. You're welcome, excuse me. But he nods. Your friend put it uh, in a way that seemed most fitting. If you take it, then you won't have it next time you encounter him, then. Conrad winces, but nods. For the better, I suppose. Yes, indeed. I shall look around and see if there's anything else I can do to aid you. I'm not convinced, but I shall see. This was the one thing I knew. It's more than enough. Thank you. There's not enough to forgive complacency. Perhaps not, but it can be a stone for. How well to do that, then? We'll find a way. Hopefully I can do enough before it comes time to rest once again. But for now, I should get to it, I suppose. Yes. We can wait for the tomorrow. His face twitches. But doesn't frown, but stiffens. And then moves past you. And I will also get you the stats on that in a second. Sure. Um, okay, so what are you doing now? You all have met up and learned this news about needing to uh, retrieve things from an angel. Well, from the estate itself to truly set this hold to rest. So, perhaps we bed down. I'm on my last legs. I need I don't rest, think we too. Can bed down yet. You'd be wasting most of a day to do so, but I mean, that's an option. You can just spend a day. How far away are we from where we're going? Um, a couple hours. Yeah, we should be good. You can take a short rest. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, you find yourself a comparatively comfortable place to stay wherever you choose that to be personally. Um, and start spending your time recovering and feeding on what food you have left. Um, we can continue board. traveling if we wish, but I'm mostly spent. It's a few hours. We'd have to spend the whole day here, and I'm not exactly certain how long it would take the place to come back. I'm just saying it's been quite a busy day. And once we get to a, the town, we perhaps find beds uh, that haven't been disused for 100 years, or 50, or however many it was. So, do you plan on using that blade, Grimhild? Yes. Aware of its efficacy. I'll have to get used to seeing it then. <laughs> she doesn't say, God damn it. She doesn't say you had plenty of close-up looks very recently. But she- Ouch! Hi, my name is Grimhild. I am master of being. <laughs> Should have just named her Sasshild. No, I think uh, what Grove will do, if we're doing even a short rest, is prepping the carriage 
that we can all can whenever we decide to leave and then the dog is probably sitting in the omniscience chair or whatever the fuck that thing is we still haven't figured it out he's probably like feeding it uh some steaks and stuff steaks are the best thing ever yeah my stuff's all sorted out in just a moment i don't have anything to sort out i already use my arcane recovery even for the day so Till we get a full night's sleep, I'm uh, stuck on level one spells and only a couple. I got you covered. That is not reassuring. I would I would like to say I have you covered, but you and I both know that's a lie. I have you covered. <laughs> a hollow lie. <laughs> Except when I need to roll my uh, hit dice back, apparently. I'm great at recovering from the beatings I take. I mean... He takes a lick and keeps on ticking. <laughs> there could have been a contender! <laughs> I don't know. You have to contend with his luck. Eh? Eh? Oh, that's fair. Nobody's <laughs> out. <laughs> it wasn't even a joke. <laughs> Observation of uh, accepted facts thus far. Teehee! <laughs> but you all spend your time resting. Um, it's not the most comfortable place you've ever been in, but it's easy enough. And as time goes on, you feel your wounds begin to knit together, or at least be splinted and held bandaged in place. As you're waiting, you see as more of these spectral figures that you saw up above move about. Not like in mass, but as you wait, uh, I presume in the central hall, or are you waiting anywhere else in particular? I figured by the wagon. Not fair enough. Um, even there, you can see some move about. Um, but none of them seem to be doing anything in particular, at least from outside. However, there's one other thing you hear. Well, at least, Illyria, you hear. Oh. Sound of heavy hoof steps. A fast-moving horse pulling something behind it, moving in this direction from the road. Okay. It's moving quite quickly, practically a gallop, maybe a little less than that. Does it sound large enough to be a carriage or more just like some cart? Do I have that kind of thing? It would be a large cart if it was a cart. Got it. Um, I think I think a carriage is coming or something equally as large. Very quickly. Uh, Nick will hide. Strategically, of course. I'm not going to hide. What's the point? They're probably clanking all sorts of clanking. What was that, Josh? Does it sound like that time Mauer showed up? That would be a... If you want to know in particular, make me an investigation check. Yeah, same thought was on my mind. So this session seems to be the opposite of that one session where I kept running really good on. I got a 22. I mean, it could be. It's a heavy carriage and horses, but it doesn't sound specifically like that. And the more you think about it, that the imperfections you can hear even from here, the creaking of wood and the speed of it, as much as ours horses go fast, it also doesn't sound like they exert much. His horses are special. They're spectrally amazing and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't think I specify them being ghost horses, but... Anyway, these ones, um, it's it's a lot more noise being generated by it than his did. His was still loud, because you can't quiet a carriage because it's silence, but... It's not him. Oh, well, good. <laughs> He'll get from where he was, like, grabbing the dog out of the chair to go huff off, and then just, like, puts it back and goes sits in the, the, the cabbage carriage seat again. But it is still someone with reason to come here. Uh, this isn't like a long any place. Like we're at a dead end of a road, basically. You are correct about that. 
I mean, Conrad, if you're if you're willing to stay here, I can go sneak off as per usual. Wait. Where would I go? Really? That's what I'm saying. Stay here. Vine. Go wander off to some place to be sneaky. If horse carriage comes. In case horse carriage comes. Okay, so um Conrad, you're staying out in the open. Who else is staying out in the open? Not Illyria. Conrad it is. Um Conrad, you can see uh a horse move quickly up here. Uh it seems to be only one, and it's a care it's working immensely hard, heavy, broad shouldered. Um with a man uh on the edge of this large heavy cart. It, it does seem to be a cart, only two wheels instead of four, but it is immense. Has a covering to it and a back closing. This horse seems heavily worked by this process, but is still moving through it with quite a bit of speed. Um, and you can see as he pulls over to uh, by the side of the hold itself, um, and doesn't seem to notice you standing there still, despite being out in the open and not proceeding to hide. Um, as the carriage is over by the ruined tower, he doesn't seem to be paying any attention to there. This man steps off the side of the front of the cart, and you can see he has a scraggle of very black hair and a thick mustache and beard and pale skin and odd clothing that make him very clear as one of the bitter hearts. He wanders, stepping and not seeming to keep his balance as he teeters this way and that a little bit as he progresses over to the statue of Vionia, over by the center of uh, the courtyard, but front of the structure. After approaching it, you hear a spattering of liquid as he uh, seems to be relieving himself on the edge of the statue. Seriously? Do you call that out, or are you just saying that to yourself? I'll call that out. As soon as you say that, there's just a few more moments of the sound before he turns. uh, Oh, what? (laughs) And you can see as he fiddling with the edge of his pants and shirt, shoving them together. He stands there, kind of in this shocked moment, hands hold on to the, holding onto the groin of his clothing. And then he darts back towards the cart with speed that doesn't seem particularly well-suited to him as he collapses over to the side, a spray of dirt and gravel shooting up as he pulls himself back up immediately and continues sprinting. Conrad rolls his eyes and starts walking towards the cart. Tackle! What can I do to tackle? I'm going to tackle him out of the bushes like a linebacker. But why? <laughs> it's going to take you a bit of time funny. to get there still. <laughs> he's, he's in the middle of the area. If you went off to the bushes, that's off to the side. Like, this is a pretty open central area. Where are you going? No, that's fine. <laughs> no, you can do that if you want. I'm no, just saying we'll you couldn't have. Because the worst case scenario is he'll just shoot him with an arrow because that's way faster than any human. You can hear a sound of wood scraping as he pulls open the doors of the back of this cart and a heavy thunk as he just flings something inside of it out over to the side as it rolls onto its face against the dirt and gravel. And you can see even from here the dark shape, that of a coffin set onto the ground. As soon as he does so, you hear the thunk thunk of him shutting the doors and moving with a shh through the gravel back up to his horse. And jumping onto the cart. What are you doing? Who's orders? He says as he uh, starts patting on the side of the horse, who seems a bit sluggish at first. It's for you. <laughs> and he, uh, the horse starts 
immediately moving back into not quite a sprint at first, but it gets there quickly. Uh, the cart teetering to either side, nearly like its owner, as it starts making the turn around the side of the statue. And what am I going to do? Trip the cart? <laughs> Someone has, people have magic. I didn't know if anyone wanted to. You don't have to. Do you want them to? You should say something if you do. I look. I will one never do that. Secondly, not. I was specifically. talking. To Con- I was oh. saying that to Conrad. <laughs> okay, fair we enough. have enough people that can probably shoot the legs out of the horse. As awful as that is. No, no, it's fine. I'll take a look at the coffin. Okay, well, one I'll moment. Maybe he's trying to pull away. Uh, yeah. He's immediately, uh, the horse and him are moving away at accelerating speeds after they make the turn around the side of the statue, moving back up the road with a heavy clip-clop and creaking noises of the heavy but dated cart. Okay, uh, when he, uh, when he starts running past the, uh, or when he goes near, uh, where Faustus is hiding, he'll, uh, he'll use a minor illusion to put the image of a black bear in the road in front of him. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, as soon as, uh, you do so, uh, let's see. Yeah, okay, that would work. Uh, as soon as you put it up five in front of the... Cube, I figured that'd be about right. <laughs> um, they'd be a little bigger than that. It'd have to be a small black bear, but that's fine. There's no problem with that. Or I guess it was, like, really curled up. Bears are big. Um, oh, black bears. Black bears are still, like, if they stood up, like, as tall as a person, though. Uh, a big black bear, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a small black bear would be fine. A small black bear would be used for a dog. Very large dog. Um, I suppose. Anyway, either way, uh, you conjure the image in front of the man, and you at first don't get an immediate reaction, probably due to his intoxication, other than like the strained whinny of the horse, but at the speed it's going, it doesn't seem to have really much control over it. While on the other hand, you hear the man yell out, Shit! And you see as the reins, he tries to twitch them over to the side. Uh, but in his uh, lowered reaction time, it keeps barreling forward, though the horse steers off a bit more towards the raising edge of hills in the forest. And the cart takes a heavy impact into it. And you can hear a splintering of wood of the wheels hitting into rocks and stone. Um, however, the speed he was attempting to go, it doesn't seem to have specifically stopped him. He wouldn't have in his reaction time. Uh, I meant to just scare the horse, but I suppose that makes sense. <laughs> the horse had uh, several hundred pounds of carriage. <laughs> anyway, he'll probably come to a halt, or at least whether he wants to or not, over in the woods a ways off. But is going to walk back towards their carriage. Um, so, let's see. As you move up to the uh, coffin... Yeah. Um... On the front, uh, you notice that it was impacted pretty heavily when dropped on its front. And even from the back, the wood quality is nice. It's been polished and taken care of, of this dark, somewhat red-black wood. um, Emblazoned with uh, pieces of gold marked in some of the metals. Um, Not particularly a ton of them, but on the handles at the very least. You can't really tell anything else about it from it resting face down. It's big. For an adult, obviously. Sorry, I just step away for a second. This fell out of the back of the of the uh, guy's he, carriage. He shoved it roughly out of the back of the cart, and then that it was for me. Oh, well, we should probably heft it over onto its front. Is it locked in any way? Um, once you flip it over, it doesn't seem to be locked. Um, 
When you do, however, you can see on the front of it, chiseled onto it, is the name Niccolo Argenti. That's not spooky. Ah, you got confused for Conrad. Unless it's supposed to contain Niccolo Argenti. That would be a listen, listen, no object or man can contain Nick. Is there something we should be knowing about you there, Nick? Uh, that this is a little premature. Huh. And definitely not tacky enough for me. Uh, let's. Is it empty? Yeah. If I mean, if I was able to flip it over by myself, I assume it's empty. It, yeah. You know, it's definitely not at least the sound of a body in there. There was noises as you did, but you're not really sure what it was. Some squeaking noises and like a kind of heft to it, but it wasn't like a body heavy or that sound of it rolling against side. Yeah, there's something in there, but not a body. Um, unless it's like fastened clothes with clasps or something, he'll just put a foot to the lid and not quite kick it open, but just, you know, heft it open with his foot. Uh, as you hit onto one of the areas uh, on the lip, of it and push it over with, it, with your foot and create a sizable gap immediately fluttering out of the space inside is teeming with the dark black bats that start pouring free and as soon as there is enough space out into the air they buff it right past your leg with their <laughs> noises and fluttering leather in the air uh, they buff it past with quite a bit of force and a few small bites uh, that'll definitely hit it doesn't hit for much though uh, you take two points of piercing damage. I take one point of piercing damage. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you lean back away from it, and you just feel one nick at the side of your face. Um, but for the most part, they just fan out and fly off into the sky. They nicked our gente. Yep. Y- you've done it. Hey, at least that one was a joke. <laughs> you have found the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> that hey, wasn't I wasn't the bottom of the barrel, but I guess I'm not even in the barrel. No, you are under the barrel. <laughs> Listen, we put the barrel under the. We put I'm the like, barrel on the trap door. You're under. Yeah, he like, <laughs> you know, waves his sword around, trying to get what the, what is the meaning of this? I think we're being toyed with. No joke. Open it up some more. <laughs> more bats. In other than uh, about two bats that didn't make their way out immediately, but then get her oh, past. Stupid bats. <laughs> um. You find the inside is actually surprisingly clean for having contained bats. Uh, a cushioned interior of deep red and set against its back are some words in gold that just say you're taking an awfully long time. An arrow plops down beside you guys. <laughs> Along with a bat that is stuck in. <laughs> no, I rolled a natural one. <laughs> Fucking... Holy shit, that's so much better. Okay. Grove. <laughs> Along with a regular bird? How the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but you hear the. It has been thunk. a long day, Grove. You hear the thunk as an arrow embeds into the front of the coffin. <laughs> I missed as he walks up, <laughs> pulls it out. Not in the mood for your or Morris childish fuckery today. Um. I've only got one idea what this could be. Aside from sort of general mind games and I hope it's the latter. If you want to go kill the messenger, I think he's crashed in the woods up there. I'd like to have a chat with him, yeah. And he is going to take off because he is probably faster than a cart. Sure. Um, you know, I'm not uh, as a dashing cart, you would not actually be faster than, however, a crashed cart, very likely. <laughs> um, just make me an athletics test since he has a bit of an advantage and you're moving through uh, hilly and forest terrain, which is not something you're necessarily adept at. All right. 
Uh, what's that? Athletics is athletics plus strength. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was uh, pretty good, this, but I'm also me. I remain me. <laughs> 13. Okay. Um, you follow up the way, and you get up following the deep furrowed tracks that this made uh, in the dirt and plants across the way. And eventually you see up at the end, some 80 feet from you, this man um, battered and disoriented as he is pulling le- the leather straps of the car off the sides of the horse. Uh, its wheels seemingly have given out entirely. And he is uh, attempting to free the horse from its, constrain- uh, its constraints. He seems to be doing pretty well, actually. Um, he is going to just keep running until he's around 20 feet away. Okay. For reasons. You sprint downwards until uh, approaching nearby. By this point, uh, you get there, seeing uh, his panicked face looking over at you as the sound of you pushing through the grass gets closer. Uh, doesn't say much other than panic. <laughs> as he pulls himself up onto the dappled horse. You are within 20 feet, however, as he rudely yanks himself on top. Yeah, he's going to chuck one of the uh, returning... Boomerang daggers at him. Sure, roll me dead. Uh, though I'm trying, I don't know, maybe if I can like take the saddle off. Like he doesn't mind if he hurts him, but his wish is to make him stop. So, um, if you want to go for the saddle, uh, it's going to be much harder. You can still try it, but it, I can't confirm how difficult it would be offhand. You can't give me the difficulty of a task. I'm not allowed to for these types of things. That's not part of the tent. I mean, like, just like I don't give armor class for things. My point is, it's harder. I know it. Never mind. Forget that I said the thing. Just if you want to try that, it's harder. That's all you need to know. So you can go for I him or it. I was about choice. to type that into Google Hangouts chat like a moron. Roll 1d20. Yes. Uh, yeah, he will go for the uh, saddle. Awesome. What do you get? <laughs> 12. It hurdles by and you fling it out. And you watch as it just goes by the side of this man. Um, he looks really confused for a moment, but climbs onto the horse and begins uh, pulling it away. However, uh, I would like you to make me uh, one more attack roll with it, as he doesn't understand the sake of what your dagger does. Oh, I'm sorry, technically that'd be a 13. I mean, I doubt it matters, but I forgot this thing's plus one. Yeah, that wouldn't matter. But... Uh, 25. Okay. He looks back around as the horse begins sprinting off at the motion he made, just kind of confused, but his face lights up with a sort of relieved elation that quickly fades. You hear the of the blade coming back by as it digs alongside the horse's flank and cuts through the leather strap. And you see as it jolts with a kind of pushing back up into the air, the saddle comes free with it. And so does the man as he uh, hurtles down and impacts into the ground with a heavy <laughs> The horse continues running off, but the man is now firmly planted in the dirt. Stay right where you are. I didn't have much choice in the matter to stay in. Ah. Six out of sword. So does that mean you can't get up? Don't feel like it at the moment. You can see him, uh, dirty-haired, odd clothing, uh, <laughs> bleeding in a few places. Uh, primarily from impact rather than by like any cuts. You didn't seem to have nicked him. You stopped using that word with your character. Um, either way, though, uh, he seems to be dazed and unhappy and intoxicated, but not dying. So, 
Who is the coffin from? I'm told to give it is. Big man. You don't say no to him. I'm sorry, a big man? What you knew here, I was told that you lot would need to have something. Did you not know that, that... I'm very confused. Why don't you go ahead and explain it to me like I'm a moron. Okay, um, so this area of Stensia is the Outland Valleys, right? I'm with you so far. Right, okay. He's try- like somewhat in the motion of leaning up and then sees your sword right there and it just kind of has this awkward curve to his back as he's trying to look up to see you in the face blinking through pain and confusion. And there's a lord in charge of it, has a lot of control and like, named Maura, right? There we go. And he says that there's some people I need to deliver this to. Well, someone for him says I don't talk to him. He's fancy. I was gonna say, he didn't castle. tell you this personally. You're a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, that's pretty true. <laughs> okay, so let's let's back up then, because you're already you've already lied to me. Uh, so who told you to give this to me? I don't mean whose intent. I mean the person who spoke the words to you. Argyle did. I, I didn't catch that. The guy's kind of like your voice for him is kind of slurry. What, what was the? <laughs> Which, to be fair, he's slurring as well. Uh, Argyle. Uh, that any way familiar to me? Uh, most certainly familiar with you. Uh, you uh, met the man yesterday, actually. Uh, he is the uh, brother of Luvash, the guy who is currently in charge of the big Vasani camp. I'm uh, not Vasani. Excuse me. Damn. Bitterheart camp. He's the one with quick wit, uh, seemed to be smiling pretty much all the time, had conversation with Grimhild, seemed to recognize her also. Okay, good. Now that we've been honest with each other, he's going to look down the road where he ran from those folks coming. Yeah, did anyone else follow when Nick sprinted off in that direction? I'm probably moseying. Yeah. Damn it! They're they're only sashaying down the road. We might we might be here a while. Uh, eh, Grove will be probably halfway. Sorry, I was. How, how about the weather, sir? No, uh, it's Grove will bad, come t- like usual. <laughs> Grove will come tumbling out of one of the side routes. Cause oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Did um? Do, do you know why what's on the inside is on the inside? I don't know what it's in there whatsoever. It just says me. Hey, Gav, bring it over here. Place it there. Be done with it. So I did. And then people were yelling at me. And then there was a bear in the road. And then I crashed. And now they're coming pointing a sword in my direction. Yeah. This wasn't the best job to take in terms of, you know, future return on investment. I'm not going to lie to you. Now it seems that way right now. Because you have to think that little head of yours. Very hard to come up with a reason why shouldn't put you in that coffin and put you in a river. Because I'll tell you what, I don't appreciate played with either. How's it going over here? Um, I was just telling him about the Nephilian bath time special. Ah, yes. Uh, if it gets the deluxe, I'll poke some holes in it. There's a lot of words being said right now. You know, if you're wanting to kill me, that's fine. Just... Uh, well, if, I, if I poke holes in it, then the water comes in and you'll drown faster. Um, I'm very I- confused. If I'm dead, you can just kill me as much faster than having to listen to all this. Was the blasphemy strictly necessary? What? He nods over at the statue of the angel. Paper lumber rock? An icon. What is an icon? 
Never mind. It wasn't active. It wasn't an act of willful blasphemy. Just simple, aren't you? Think so. Do as you is, like, Nick. Is, is that good? He's, his eyes flick back between them. He, uh, is here on behalf of one of those, uh, that chieftain's brother. Did we already figure that for a link in the chain? Hmm? Said he's here on orders of that chieftain's brother. Not too surprising given what we found out. Why threaten Nick, though? That's, that's, that's why I'm wondering if, um, there's Did a very specific. What? Did you give him your full name? What, this man? No, I haven't given him my name yet, but, uh, no, the- I can't recall. I probably introduced myself to his brother. Overall, of this conversation, you can hear just kind of heavy breathing from where he is held down at the point of your sword. Just kind of <laughs> yeah. as he's looking between all of you. Well, I'm in one of those moods where you're not supposed to interrogate someone. So, as I said, do you like Nick? Wait, wait. Anyone else got some opinions? Nick? Yeah, that coffin had my name on it. I, 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 I recalled this at some point, but. Maybe your ears are still ringing. Yes. Nicolo Argenti. Having mm. goal. Would, would, would you like my post box? I, I, I don't know what that is. Go on. I, he, he was just saying to Nick, Nick could do what he wanted, and I'm, I'm wondering what you want. Anyone else have opinions on judgment here? I think he's an idiot. <sighs> What's harming him going to solve? Uh, one less minion of the vampires? If they were to bring that minion against us again, Conrad just sort of shrugs. If, I, I don't think I'm going to be doing much again anyway. He urinated on a statue of a, an angel. We should give him to the... If that was an angel? Cathars. And wash our hands no. of it. Listen, I'm not a vampire. I don't play with my food. All right? Either... Poke a hole in this dude's neck and we leave him here by the side of the road, or we walk away. I'm not giving him to the Cathars. I'm I, not. I, I prefer that second one. I say I, we walk away, but we take his horse. I, I, sure. But his horse already ran up. Yeah. That. Well, <sighs> we're getting nowhere by being spiteful to this. Nothing spiteful. It's practical. But if, if you're not down with it, that's fine. Let's just bring the cart up. And we'll go. Yes, I'm walking away. Good. I'm going to go with the cart. What the hole he's in his neck? I don't believe he's... That's the shrugs. Actively illegal. Fine. Bring up the cart. And yeah, he'll... Uh, he's probably too banged up to move all that well anyway, so let's just uh, let's just leave him here. Cool. We did it. Okay. So, the uh, rest of you gather to the... Uh, uh, the carriage, and you bring it up over to uh, where Nick is. Uh, Nick, were you waiting over him until everyone got in the carriage and brought it over? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't take particularly too long. Uh, once they arrive there, uh, he just looks up at you and just kind of, alright, we good? Good as we can be. Sure, I'll take that. <laughs> he sl- starts trying to push himself backwards through the dirt and plants. And presuming you don't stop him, he uh, moves through the bushes and t- after an awkward moment of trying to flip himself over and get back onto his feet, uh, moves off into the woods. Well, Nick, do you want to keep your present? I mean, why waste a good coffin? Are you going to use it as bed? Or is that a little too morbid? No, that's that's tempting fate a little bit, I think. 
All right. It's been <laughs> just shrugs. I guess like he'll heft it on top of the roof, then like strap it down. Why do we need it at all? You store our growing magical armory in it. Yeah, it also doubles as a really nice bed. <laughs> what was it again? What? What was it that you put up there? The coffin. Oh, <laughs> good. Why not? Does Does the back of a carnival wagon have like cabinets in it for storing supplies? You know, it probably did at one point before it got fucked up. <sighs> Gonna set the armor in a corner in the back of it. Worst comes to worst, I'm sure we can find a buyer for it. That seems disrespectful. <laughs> You're talking to the guy whose name is carved on it, Conrad. Oh, I thought you were talking about the armor. No, that we may find buyer for the coffin, yeah. Yeah, just need to sand the, the art off. Do they have a return to cinder option here? It's a coffin. Let me explain to you the delightfully primitive Nephilim postal system. <laughs> I am going to start moving the carriage. <laughs> I am going to move this carriage if I have to push and it. If anyone is not on it, then too bad. All right, let's go. Kresk? Kresk, I think. Kresk. Kresk is how I always assumed, but you know, it's not like they give me a pronunciation guide. Wizards, get on that. But they do have one. It's for the not French name of that demon we were talking about. It's not a demon. I don't know what's going on anymore. My brain Land is dark. It's pronounced cronk. <laughs> like what you do at a club? No, that is multiple other things. <laughs> All of them dumb. It's been a while. Here we are again, map. All right, there's us. Um, Let me reveal some more of this. Oh uh, yeah, you looked you looked out the window. And Angel Fort is over here, right? No, it's where the mark is. We are at Angel oh, Fort. Triangle. Are we? Okay, never mind. I just thought it was bigger than it was. Now you can kind of see those tiny little battlements. Kind of, but only if I zoom in way too much. Okay. Krisk. Krisk. Very Polish. You begin back out on the road now, uh, a bit past midday. Were it a farther distance away, it might not be the wisest time to travel, but as it is, it seems as fine as any other. You back into the uh, tight tunnels of woods and move along them a ways until you start reaching back to the large crossroads and move over to the lakes and down over by the vineyard once again. As you approach the heavy bridge crossing over the Raven River, with the sound of rushing water and about, at first it's a bit odd to hear the sound of footsteps over them, but they're heavy, grating against the pavement. And you can see over the side of the bridge, even as your tumbling wagon moves in that direction, an enormous man. Dealing with a pesky dragon, are we? <laughs> <laughs> pulls out oh, a huge my. great bow. <laughs> yeah, he just pulls up the entire bridge. Yep, there you go. Um, I forgot my white bird. <laughs> Oh, but this is the big man that he was talking about, right? The big you can man. See, so you can see looking at this uh, individual, even from across here, that he must be nearing seven feet in height, if not actually seven feet in height. Um, enormous broad shoulders dressed in a white, uh, heavy tunic with barbed pieces of armor sticking off the sides. And you can see as it comes together in the center to make in black markings, the collar of Avacyn on his chest. He wears a cornered hat top his head. 
a large grizzled beard uh, that covers much of his face and a few marked scars across it as well. He's currently uh, holding on to something that would be akin to a small ballista designed to be handheld. It's barbed in the front with a number of spikes on a heavy reinforced cross arms and holds a bolt that is nearly the size of a sword. He isn't aiming at anything and more holding it downwards, though its weight must be absolutely massive. The reason it doesn't seem to be strung up on his back or anywhere of the sort other than seeming to be wary with his heavy metal-laden boots is atop his back you see a silver graph digger's cage hold, currently holding a coffin. The cage is a bit tighter than some of the ones you've seen in the past, especially for the ones that are simply buried. Um seemingly to almost bind the coffin shut. I can see as he crosses over the side, uh, over the bridge in your direction, raising a hand as he sees your cart go by. Not like to halt you or anything, simply in greeting. I'll wave back, I guess. Grove a wave from the carriage, or from the driver's seat. Is, is this even close to ordinary for Innistrad? Just hulking men transporting coffins by hand. It's odd. <laughs> that's, that's easy enough to say, it's odd. Not as odd as we'd like. Is there <laughs> yeah, basically. That's like. Yeah, is there anything in the cage? Uh, upon eyeing it, you can make me a perception check. A coffin. <laughs> I'm hoping you did it's it. like, like a body or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll percept this whole deal. 17. Eh, seven or four. 19. Um, as you gaze at it, you can see as it shakes slightly every now and again with a sort of heavy wooden <laughs> but it's not particularly frequent even as he just casually uh, moves to the edge of the bridge excuse me for taking up the bridge that's all it goes Grove is not the best at wording so he's probably staring at this guy that's alright um, do you have a need for any help for what's in that apparatus there he turns to look at you and you can see he focuses for a little bit of time you can tell that his uh, one of the eyes, a heavy scar, goes across it, and it's turned a milky coloration. That's all right. Nice to see someone else in the church here these days. Not enough anymore for just the road watchers. We're taking care of it shortly. All right, you seem like a capable man. He just nods once, then turns away from the edge of the bridge, still uh, slick with moss, and starts walking down the road over back towards Veloss. I should have asked his name. If he shows up again, you'll know it's him. Yeah, I'm sure I can find his information somewhere. Singular is certainly one word I would use to describe him. I can't wait to get back to civilization. Oh, don't but don't you love the woods here? We get to meet such interesting fellows. Don't worry, Nick. We're only like two miles off. That's not civilization. <laughs> we can quibble all we like, or we can keep driving the carriage. Driving. Yeah. By all means. We were bullshitting while on the carriage. Yeah, we are bullshitting <laughs> while on the carriage. Too. Yeah, we're, we're just sitting here whining. Hilaria's yep. probably playing with you because she's just so tired from poking Conrad back to life like three times. <laughs> <laughs> the stick of life brings Heel. you back. Heel. Heel. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna drape a blanket over the armor in the back. <laughs> yeah, uh, unless there's anything like notable, I guess, yeah, Grove will keep driving. 
Okay, so as you cross the heavy bridge, you move back into another tunneled forest, moving through the trees, though it's odd, especially, uh, let's see, for Illyrian Grimhild. You can clearly notice as you're moving into this forest that it's livelier, even just this far. The trees seem a little less dark, and the sounds of not just bugs, but other things moving through brush is very clear. While still dark and damp and everything that is truly Stensia, it's not the dead feeling, even that you felt five minutes before. Valeria looks real happy, because this is nice woods. Yeah, they're dark, yeah, they're scary, but whatever. <laughs> I still wouldn't this necessarily call nice. it nice, but yes, it's it, definitely comparatively, not. Comparatively. Anything particular happening, or is it more just like the way oh, the wow. woods kind of wakes up after something big and scary walks through? It's as if something big and scary never walked through here. Nothing more than usual, anyway. Not in the way that things move through the Ulvenwald. In fact, this just is a forest. And that's what's odd about it, uh, pleasant about it, is that it's simply a forest. Either way. She'll kind of kick Grove and be like, look how nice it is out there. I don't trust it. <laughs> He's probably actually like gripping the reins really tightly at this point. But it's nice out there. It's just being itself. Mmm to calm before a storm or a really pretty snake that's going to kill us with poison. Probably. A time more passes as you move through the woods. And after turning around on curve, you see an opening hard on your right. Moves to a hill and walled low and not advancing in extreme amounts. You can tell, you can see clearly from here, the tall stone walls set around the number of peaked trees still held inside, not as massive as the forest surrounding it, but still standing dead alone, these 20 feet tall, in this otherwise massive cleared hill, the road snaking its way up to it in an incline. As you approach, the air grows colder. The walled settlement stands before you, and as you get closer, you can see the two square towers with peaked roofs flanking a stone archway. There is a pair of 12-foot-tall, iron-bound wooden doors, and carved into the arch above the doors is a name, Kresk. The walls that extend from the Kate House are continuing 20 feet high. On top of the parapet, you can see four figures wearing fur hats and holding spears in their hands. Three of them watch you nervously, while one seems to be looking inside the other side of the wall. As you approach closer, and even though it's starting to get not even to night, but darker in the sky. One of them calls out, Who goes there? Uh, uh, would, our, would start names be appropriate? Like, I'm just not sure of protocol here. Let's see if it's a question you'd probably be asked all the time. Conrad Starkhurt's Inquisitor of the Avicenian Church. You would know that normally your purpose would generally be the thing. In, like, Hovengol parties and other things in the fall, it would definitely always be your name because that's what people care about. In places like this, it's your business. Uh, Nick, will, Nick will call out Nick Argenti regardless. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, James? Why we come here again? It's been a while. Because it's weird. I believe. You've heard there are good people left here. Everyone has talked about how actually safe this place is. Unlike Palos, which pretends to be safe, that this place is somewhere that actually cares and is guarded, which that guarding is made it all the better. It's not to say it's free from the darkness that surrounds it, but it is definitely a more pleasant place, a little bit harsher. But also, in addition to anything else that uh, I know, one of the reasons that 
uh, Grimhild suggests to come here is that Yulia left a letter saying that she was going to visit here and suggested she visit, as well have you been recommended to visit the place by a number of people. You were also suggested that you might bring um, Irina here for safekeeping at some point. We're on visitation by recommendation. Recommendation from who? Useless. I look at the others. I gave him my name already, uh, but I don't know. Um, that that Inquisitor lady. They may not like her because she's crazy. I know. I mean, we could just tell them like the truth, which is that we're travelers, and we thought we'd check the place out, see if anything needed doing, and maybe leave out the power we're looking for allies to fight Shrevan Mauer. It makes sense to me. Even as you whisper these things to yourself, you hear over the sound, over in the distance, top next to snow-covered pines and thin wisps of smoke, the sound of a chiming bell off from an abbey you can see raised even above the rest of the settlement, white with well-tiled roofs. It seems meticulously well taken care of, especially considering everywhere else you've seen the Outland Valleys. In fact, this entire wall seems well taken care of. The abbey is a beautiful piece of pristine architecture and the chiming so lively and different from either the emptiness or sobbing you've heard in other towns is a welcome disruption so do you uh you just were whispering those amongst yourselves what were you uh, going to specifically say to the guard as she is say it because nick is better it's uh just, we're here uh yeah recommendation uh also, uh, what's what's after this roadwise? Roadwise? It heads mostly out of the <laughs> Outland Valleys. At that point, it loops back over through one of the other uh, mountain ranges. One, I suppose, it's worth me sharing since uh, it is one other thing that you all may have forgotten since the other time. Um, you were also given uh, the suggestion that the uh, Martikovs were friends with uh, the burgomaster here. And we're going to recommend you entry with, along with uh, them delivering wine, finally, for the first time in a long while. <laughs> However, you declined at that time. Um, so I was actually here on behalf of them, then. Uh, it's strange, because Innistrad's so shitty that tourism doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> Basically, like, I came to come see the sights. Small town girl traveling out of the open wall for the first time. We're also preparing for an endeavor, and apparently, this town is somewhat well outfitted. Yeah, is there like any particular store we might be looking into there, like a a Smithy's or an armor or something like that? You haven't asked about it or specifically gotten spoke to about it. I mean, you're free to use any of these arguments. I'm just waiting for (laughs) communication one way or the other. You're free to not go in, you're free to use any of them. I just, yeah. Uh, he's got the right idea. Yeah, uh, you know this. This place is uh, recommended to us on the suggestion of the Mordekalbs. Um We were recently from there, having uh, dealt with an issue in their uh, vineyard. You're the ones that brought the wine back. Yeah, I mean, they, they brought it back. But yeah, yeah. She, the woman uh, with thin face, who's speaking with you, taps one of the other men. Go fetch him. He nods quickly and. Uh, Rolls his way down a ladder. You hear the sound of him steps across stone. Give it a moment. Picks a while, about five minutes, before you hear more footsteps heading back. The sound of others climbing up uh, ladders. You can see at the top now a man, dark skinned, old, white hair, um, 
despite this and his balding front and top of his head, he seems to have a powerful expression on his face. Currently in a grimish, but he seems solid. Not just stoic, but rock solid. Do they have golems on Innistrad? Not like he's made of stone. <laughs> he clamors up to the top. School, the ones that gave us our wine back. Is that right? More like we allowed them to be able to bring you the wine. But yeah. I think it's fair to say we're Semantics aren't important to me. We facilitated it. Again, more semantics. The fact is that we were instrumental. (sighs) (laughs) A word's really necessary to waste more time out on that side of the wall. We brought the wine back. Thank you. If you don't proceed to waste any more time with that sort of gab, you're free to welcome in. Open the gates. Nick mutters to himself, I'm doomed. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll cover you. Grove hasn't said a single word during this entire conversation. I'm going to change my style. You you and I both know you can't teach old dogs new tricks. As you continue to banter, you uh, hear the sound of uh, more footsteps on ladder and see as he descends. And also as from in the uh, over by the gatehouses, some of the other individuals from the windows move back and hear the (laughs) of the doors being pulled back inward. Inside, uh, you can see still lighting as it's starting to get at all dark. Um, quite a few torches and flames and a few bonfires here and there. As between trees and there are some fields and people are continuing to do work entirely inside the walls. People maintaining two flocks of sheep, people uh, shearing them. A uh, few butchering off to the side. Others t- tending to plant, even from this area. Much of the city is condensed. There's some larger buildings out towards the front, but... While this seems to be a well-to-do city, and you can see the number of people active, it's very constant. There's a presence of people around, which alone is different. (laughs) Not just passing people, but working, living people constantly. As you get ushered through the doorway by uh, the same narrow-faced woman that you saw earlier, wearing kind of gray-blued armor and just gestures for you to pass by. Inside, you can see the same uh, dark-skinned man. Now at your level, it's noticeable that he's rather on the shorter end of things, a uh, five-foot uh, middle inches area. He walks straight up to you with a cane at his side, helping, uh, helping him walk with more sturdiness, but it doesn't seem to be relying on it too much. I'm, I'm Dmitry Kraskov, burgomaster of the town. Introductions, please. Conrad Starkhurts, Inquisitor. He nods. Is this an Inquisition matter, then? Yes and no. You're certainly not under investigation. I would hope not. So, what else? Five more of you here, keeping silent. He steps forward and uh, just, like, wraps uh, the cane against the ground. Come now. Nicola Wargenti. Grimheld. Illyria. Grove. Faustus. Suppose it's a pleasure to meet you all, anyone who's willing to do any good in the world. It's good to come by here. Even as he says that, uh, I keep doing that even as people say things. As he says that, you can hear the sound of the doors being closed behind you all. Uh, your carriage having been uh, led all the way through. I presume you wish to spend the night at the very least. It's not good to be yeah. traveling out in the dark these days. That was the plan, yeah. I'll see you as home's open. I, I probably will actually have the most spacious room at the moment. He turns and starts walking away. And after reaching several steps, kind of pauses, waiting for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Moving through, you can see that not only are there 
hawthorn trees filling much of the village and some sticking out of the homes. Not all of them. Some of them much smaller than scale to fit the others. There's plenty of pines, everything dusted with thin layers of snow that seem to reach over to here at the elevations. That's built on a steep-ass hill, isn't it? Yeah. From here, you can also see the switchback road off to the side that moves up to another wall right around that pristine abbey. The rest of it, though, in the misshrouded village seems... Again, to continue to be active, this is, to any of you that have done farming work, which I think is everyone but Faustus and, uh, Faustus, Illyria, and, well, Illyria would have contributed in some ways. So, everyone but Faustus and Nick. <clears throat> Surprise, city folk. Um, I became a city folk. With the harvest moon in the sky, both uh, is not just a signifier of vampires being at their strongest, but is also a concept of this is the time to do work. The seasons follow the moon, and this is the time to get it done. The bonfires are kept here to keep, both keep warm, but also to keep it lit, as there's going to be a lot of work into the night. And everyone seems busy about doing that. Uh, the harvest moon, a perfect time to propose to your fiancé with a blue flower. So, he weaves through, and you can see, uh, going through, there's not really any shops to speak of. This isn't to say that there's not work being done. There's clearly blacksmith work and someone of the sort, but there doesn't seem to be, like... In other places, how there's a main boulevard, signs and the like. There doesn't seem to be anything of that fashion. It ain't a tourist town. Um, stables? There are stables. Um, there's quite a few places of uh, sections of field beneath the trees and uh, other small barns where sheep are being kept. And a number of horses, but not a particularly large amount. A few goats are kept between some of the others, but uh, there's not many of them. What you see is what you get here. We do work. We stay alive. We provide to everyone. So you've done good, and we appreciate that, and that is why you're setting foot inside our protected areas. If you're staying the night, then like everyone else, you need to do work. Is that clear? Understood. Crystal. Marjorie. He calls over to uh, a narrow uh, woman, broad hips, but uh, ruddy face comes over with a pair of shears in hand. Just some of these folks around, see what they can do. Once they're done, direct them over to my residence. Uh, yes, Burgermaster. They've done good. Don't work them too hard. <laughs> yes. Make sure. Woman looks to you after brushing her hands on her apron as he walks away. Odd to see more strangers here. Still, ready to do some work then? Uh, yeah, what are we after? Whatever need be doing. Sheep shearing, wood chopping. You can pluck vegetables if that's more you're after. A few people could still use some sewing. Not sure if uh, any of you look particular to type. Anything of wood need repairing or... <laughs> Always. What isn't there? Um, yeah. Plenty of wood. Outside of being an inquisitor, I'm a blacksmith by trade. A lot of good work you guys can do around here then. She uh, walks away, gesturing each of you to uh, different tasks, pointing you to places where you can get uh, work done and apply the skills that you suggest to her at any given time. Um... I can get into the specifics of that later, but uh, for the time being, uh, it's relatively brief. You were arriving relatively late in the day, and even though plenty of people are getting constant work done, the light of the bonfires and that of the moon, it's, it's good work. But it's not completely taxing, as was suggested. And it's also, addition to that, not like they're trying to work you too hard. It's, they're just make, having you do a share. Um, by the end of it, um, from uh, you all get a feel for a lot of the town um, as it's set up. 
people are friendly here. A little bit distrusting, but anyone should be on an Estrad. Um, but everyone seems to have a very strong sense of camaraderie, especially even immediately upon seeing any of you do work. They're happy to have help contributed. Within a few hours, though, um, you're once again uh, rounded back up and brought over to uh, a tall residence. Not as broad as many of the other mansions you've seen out and about, but uh, one of the few large second-story buildings that you can see at all here. Right, so uh, the burgomaster and his wife should be inside. Take care with them. They're good folks. Not Don't take care to be worried, but be kind to them, please. After she's gone. Is it... People need to constantly be reminded of the fact that hospitality is a thing out here. Hospitality is from when there's not enough work. Uh, when all the work's done. Right now, there's almost, not. I almost be insulted. <sighs> be sure not to treat your hosts <laughs> like garbage. If you're wondering why Tom's unit for distancia as like but fuck nowhere and called the people who live here hicks and such. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, surprisingly enough, he's inconsistent. <laughs> no, no, no. I I understand. I'm just, yeah. Grumhill also sees that. Valerio, uh, look at Grove. Do we have to go inside? Be nice to the elders, and then we can go about. Fine. Still, Helen. Okay, one moment. Oh, much better. I can actually hear things now. No one's a choppy robot. There we go. Okay. Um. As you move to it, the door is open to a warm brown uh, interior. Many things are kept done up in furs, and the fire is still kept heavy in here as the air outside is quite cold, is near freezing. Inside, uh, there are only two folks you see in particular. Um, the uh, burgomaster himself and uh, another woman, equally dark-skinned, uh, also with white hair. Hers pulled back. She's uh, off in a kitchen area, seeming to be handling uh, something that is producing a wafting smell of roasting meat and well-tended to herbs. As you enter, the burgomaster stands up from the desk he was sitting at, looking over something with uh, half-spectacles. Ah, yes, come in, please. Uh, Happy to see you all again. Seems you've gotten along well with everyone so far. Uh, Certainly. Uh, Many thanks for letting us stay in your home. And uh, next up, pull out one of the bottles from... uh... Markov's. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Think nothing of it. There isn't much of a place like an inn or anything to stay, so this outhouse happy. Take care of our neighbors. There's someone else staying here already, if that's alright. But otherwise, should have the place yourselves. Well, off the house, obviously. Room's off to the side. Yeah. Extends a gnarled hand forward and takes the wine. He looks down on it, kind of staring at it for a number of seconds holding it back up with kind of a slight shake of his head. Figure you all want somewhere to rest your things. Please, follow me. He steps down, uh, not really a hallway, more of a side passage that moves just to another room. And uh, this one's a bit broader. Uh, The room is broader than the last one, but also a lot more densely packed. A number of uh, heavy but thin beds. Thin as in uh, not width, as in their width rather than uh, their actual amount of coverings they have available. Many heavy furs and blankets. Um, it's well lit with a number of torches and it's still done up in the same furs and uh, external wear. 
And inside, lit uh, with only one window next to the farthest bed in the corner, you can see someone else in there. Um, a woman with uh, brilliantly red hair, dressed in a uh, number of furs over her body, um, currently seeming to stitch something together with a needle and thread held in her mouth. Uh, even from here, it's pretty easy to recognize that this is Yulia. She looks up as you enter. A bit longer than I was expecting, Well, if you were going to travel out this way. Uh, you wouldn't believe the day suspicious. we've had. The week we've had. The day was probably a couple of days. Day. Of it. You've had like, a, you've, it's been about three days. God. Oh, right, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, so she would believe the first half of the week we had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the second half. <laughs> oh, please, I'll be I'm happy to believe sure, our armor has as big as sword marks in it at this point, and or spider marks. <laughs> the Burgermaster's kind of looks. I, I used to tell you, Josh, but these spider webs in my hair are Couture Vogue Innistrad 2017. <laughs> Apparently, you've all met, so um, I'll let you know when dinner's ready. Thank you. Of course. Uh, and he steps out back through the passageway. Okay, you've got a story to tell. You already mentioned there is one. Oh. Remember the fort out south? Yes. You spent some time there. Time there? Were you communi- communing with remnants of angels? Yes. But that that was supposed to be a joke. That's not a joke. And also some spiders. That one I believe. I still believe they the other one. They were more than willing to let us leave, but nobody else felt like they needed to kill all of them. She flicks eyes between the everyone else in Illyrians. I mean, it was Faustus, but I retroactively concur. Okay, good. <laughs> Hand motion of like, eh. I would like to take responsibility for the wisdom of burning them, but not the blame for doing it. Please, come come in further. Put your things down. You've clearly had a long time. Yes, well. <laughs> Just like, uh, yeah, takes off her armored coat, the back of something, takes off her hand crossbow puts it down and her <laughs> like 10 uh, minutes later and like yeah so like her crossbow bolts then her long sword then her transforming axe thing her great sword that she has sword. now well, well then then her then Arcelia's cross and then the silver dawn it's 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 <laughs> funny you should mention i was nearly executed like a common imp with this blade right here i wasn't I holding it at the time that would have made for a more interesting story i will admit um Common imps don't tend to be executed by silver swords, I don't think. Well, that size, that quality of one, anyway. Silver swords, yes, but... It was a big imp. Excuse me. <laughs> Should mm-hmm. speak ill of the dead. Even if they... Uh... I'm not dead yet. <laughs> no, I meant the thing that you're, that he was calling an imp. He's calling you an imp, I suppose. You know what? Today, I'm not going to wait till dinner. Opens with a bottle of wine. Oh, please, please. It's been... We've only started to get them back in town, and I need another drink. Yes, well, there's still much good to be done out there. Plenty. It's a good town. Shame about some of the things that happened in it. Good stories, but <sighs> I've been through a lot. Last time I sheared a sheep was 23 years ago, and it was a punishment. <laughs> yes, anything any less more labor like this will make an honest man out of you. It seems like yeah, Oh, that's impossible. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm covered in but most of it's my own this time. <sighs> Here, let's... I'm certain you could all use a proper bath, right? 
No, I was distinctly hoping I'd be able to keep this sheep odor for the rest of my natural life, however short or long it may be. Oh, good. Then I'll insist that you don't get one, then. Give me a second. (laughs) And she slides out through the doorway. (laughs) I forgot how much I liked her. I'm going to go find a lake to just fall down in. Grimhild's facial expression has gone from scowl to what now? Which is like from scowl to like scowl. It went from a scowl to just oh. a kind of neutral expression. <laughs> <laughs> the way you cut out, it went from a scowl to ow because she just stepped on a nail. <laughs> Drop the S E. Drop the S E uh, right out of there. Um. Yeah, it's not long, but uh, unless you have anything particularly to talk about in secret, it's not long before she returns back. Um. Informing you about how uh, water is beginning to be heated. Excellent, thank you. Of course. And I know you insisted you didn't want one, but you know, just in case, I presumed it would make more water for you as well. Uh, she like puts a hand to her chest and a hand lightly on Nick's shoulder. I know it must pain you to lose such an important sense in your life. There are more sheep. Of course, you can do more work. Learn your lesson properly. There's no doubt of that. Now my father's not a position available for, I don't know, say card game dealer around here i think specifically in here there is she like points down at the floor in general no perhaps after we've bathed that rather not ruin any cards he has but how much uh information of what you guys have done do you share with Elia? i'll tell her fucking like except i'll mention sitting in a in a field for eight hours probably not kind of pass out Probably not exactly the quests we're on from them right now, but up to the point where I did trial by combat with a revenant. Nick hops yeah. the shit out of the bath, and so was there for very little of the time. Um, yeah, basically everything. He comes back resembling a California raisin. <laughs> like the, 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 the ones that played jazz? I leave at the power of fastest fiend. Uh, soup, like against nature and Avison. Yeah, that's probably not high on the list. We will extend. Talk about how brave you was. I mean, that's always a good boy. (laughs) I presume that is default. (laughs) She scratches him behind the head. Giant fish. hmm? Giants putting it lightly. Yes, that's one I wish I got to see. (sighs) Oh, I maybe not as close up as I did. (laughs) I, I wouldn't have presumed to get that close. Right in there. Did we were all up in there, yeah. yeah. Crawled into its gills. Yeah. Had to carve I a had gills even. Wasn't great. I had to fly on my horse for a while. <laughs> I still haven't I met your horse. I want to meet him. Oh, he's out in the the hammer space I keep him in. <laughs> <laughs> so shortly then. Okay. Yes. Oh no, Travis is gone. <laughs> I think he's trying to figure out his mic thing. I think he's like I said, I think his modem's imposing a curfew. I think I've heard of the other things, though. Not by a name. Um, the uh, body-possessing spirits. Well, corpse-possessing spirits. I've come to call them revenants. <laughs> You're a fucker. <laughs> I love it, okay. After that Leonardo DiCaprio film. <laughs> you know, they really looked like they were fucked up by bears. <laughs> yes, that bear was in yeah. a similar yeah. vein, like I have come to name the fish the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're doing much better, Travis. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, what other movies? He called the place those evil druids lived, Shutter Island. I don't. I do not want to leave here and fight the Wolf of Wall Street. What about the Wicker Man? Wait, no. Shut up. I just realized the joke. Fuck off. The <laughs> Leo Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, everybody. 
Matt Damon. the fuck off. Grove leaves. You persecuted yourself. <laughs> Grove leaves and takes a bath with the dog. Um, just to make it more convenient, since uh, please, no one draw fan service of that. <laughs> please do make it like the one thing seen from The Witcher, but with the dog in between. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I suppose we could also call them the Departed. <laughs> Hold on, give me a minute to look up the, this is the filmography of Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know. The only ones that are coming to mind are Inception and the Great Gatsby. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Titanic. It was truly Titanic. Damn it, you're dude. Yeah, we I did the Titanic. Titanic. Was- I missed that one. Romeo it was and the Juliet. fish. Oh, in what? It, yeah. I'll love for cash me if you can. I wish that we could get paid in blood diamonds. <laughs> Let's, Something uh, wolves on Wall let's, let's round this night out, shall we? So it's okay. We came before the flood. Okay, I just looked this up. He was in Critters Three. All right, so we had to deal with all these oh. critters. Three um, of them, apparently. He was in Critters Three. No, come on! What the fuck? <laughs> I need to check specifically one Did thing, and then I can wrap this up. Oh, it's one thirty in the morning. Sorry. I need to check very specifically one single thing. He was also an orphan. And gangs of New York. Oh, we missed the best one. Yeah, but that doesn't translate well to jokes. Listen, they don't have to... Fucking awesome. <laughs> okay, so after uh, chatting with Julia and her sharing some of her information, which once again, I think we can uh, just get some more information of next session just for convenience of ending now. Uh, it's not going to be big issues. Um, after a while there, the Burgermaster comes by um, and uh, Mentions that dinner is prepared, and he introduces you to his wife, uh, Anna Kreskov, and uh, Anna Kreskova, excuse me, um, and has you sit down to a meal. They're both brusque and but friendly, and they are some of the more just simply realistic people that you've encountered. They don't seem to want anything from you, really, to be honest, in the amount of conversation you have with them. This isn't to say that they're uninteresting. They crack open the wine. They talk. They're happy to hear about some of the stories and things you have to tell, if any. But it's unique in that no one is asking you to do anything other than provide what work you do during the day. Uh, if it comes up that there's even anything vaguely, like, killable that's bugging them, I will ask if we can help. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> You guys have like, like a bulletin board of these sort of quests that we can, uh, you know, look at. Unless do you, you have, any, do you have any witcher's work? <laughs> have you ever fucked a sheep? <laughs> Anna Sorry. openly laughs like just a <laughs> no, no. Uh, unless you're looking to comb the forest for every given vampire or werewolf out there, I think we'll find. <laughs> then I'll take you up on that at some point or another, if you wish to be the project of these lands. For now, simply. Helping us as we are. You already have the wine in your work. So please. She pours a uh, a glass from the pitcher. Uh, well, actually from the... I guess from the bottle still, yeah. They would, it's a nice bottle, so. From the bottle. Maybe, do they have, like, anter? I don't think they do. That's they're not, like, erudite. They're just, <laughs> they're just the no- comparative nobility. They know what's up. God, this place is... There's some, probably something terribly wrong with this place. <laughs> I don't say that out loud, but I think... But Welcome to the Town yeah. of Covenant. Town of Nilbog. To good work. She holds her glass upward over the table. Her eyes cast down a little bit at the, for a moment, but then 
snap back up to the glass. The the burgomaster also stands up, raising his. It's good work. Good work. You can get it. <laughs> Quite. They push glasses together with a heavy clunk and drain them. Both of the other two seem a little melancholy for a moment, but uh, simply shake it off and return to conversation. I will wait until I am free to gossip with uh, Yulia. Oh, the dinner wraps up after a while. It's mostly friendly conversation, talk about what restocking you need. It's all pretty simple, and it's not too long before you're able to move off to the side, uh, outside with Yulia, who, uh, you note, takes, uh, despite seeming to wear a number of furs, takes a number of jackets that seem a bit redundant with her. And you see she starts putting them on, and it's a bit strange how it kind of just melds with what she was already wearing. I'm sleepy, though. Yeah, there's was one more thing I was going to get to. Did you have anything in particular to talk about there? Um, just going to give her a heads up about certain things. And Faust's things? Leave letters. Oh, that. And, uh, ask her what was, why melancholy glances from our hosts. Oh, um, that's a simple one. I think we should record the other part of that secretly, but not now. Um, I don't think I'd give anything away other than... And okay, I, fair. I think the, uh, and the other part has already been mentioned. Yeah, fair enough. Um, oh, that's it's not a complex reason why. You did notice how our room had many beds. They weren't entirely for guests. They were meant for children, but not anymore. I see. Is it anything that I can kill? Can you kill disease? Not yet. Then keep practicing. Our paladin <laughs> might be able to cure it. Not if it's past. Exactly. <laughs> I could have risen parade their corpses around like a grim <laughs> fucking parade. No, I don't say that part. Okay. Oh. She talks with you for quite a while longer. Um, friendly okay. conversation. Is there, catches a place, up. is there a place to spend money here? Specifically, no. Oh, God, it's a communist town. Yeah, really, it is. Like it super duper is. Yeah, blatantly is. Yeah, like there are it communes. Is. It's a commune, yeah. At least they wear clothes. I, it's not a hippie yeah, commune. Because it's winter. Or not. I'm not sure what the Burning Man would be worse or better. Okay. But um, after that, as the sky grows low, bonfires are put out, and you return to your home for sleep, uh, well, your place of residence for the night, at least, to sleep in beds. Even if any of you are staying up, as time marches on and the night begins to draw long, and people begin to grow tired and some pass to sleep, there is a heavy... At the door. And that's what I'm calling into the session. Lockable. Oh, I was hoping that was a sick drum beat for a minute. I went a bit fast because people were getting tired, but I wanted there to be a good ending as opposed to just like ending on something else. <laughs> sure. Um, I, won't I lie, think I a few Yuli... of these can be... Sorry, what? I said, I, I won't lie, for a minute there, I thought Yuli was like, you see, there's all these beds, Grimhild, why don't you share mine? <laughs> I mean, it's in a public room, but become... Yeah, and then we got sad, sad kids, death. <laughs> Um, anyway, like everyone's the, in the room. There's weird. a few things I think we can soft recap on in future. Really, I do actually want to know what you guys worked on for like what sort of community things you got. I'm, we don't need scenes with all of them. I just would like to know. Um, I rolled a twenty from my wood. Yeah, it was real good. Uh, remember that. <laughs> I, 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 I will assure you, Nick did poorly if earnestly at the sheep shearing. <laughs> you know that's appreciable. Um, but so, yeah, so, uh, sorry for some of those parts being rushed. I do think we should recap just a couple of them later, but uh, it's not yeah, going to be a big right. deal. Um, I really look forward to next session. 
This has been leading up to something I've been looking for for a long time. You cannot let it get unblockable. <laughs> so we can't open the door. It'll get so many more. No, hands. we have to open the door or he becomes unblockable because he just comes in. No, no, no. No, no, no. Do you not pay attention to what the flavor is there? The idea is that it's knocking at doors and as soon as you let it in, then it's then it's in. Yeah, but in the card, it's just reaching through the door anyways. Let's see. What's the guest, right? Text. It deals combat damage to a player. That means it had to go into at least one house. Or be yeah, answered. So it has to be- I feel like it was answered and then closed yeah. on and then it came in anyway. I feel like it must have been... Well, the, the other side is knocking was simply a formality. Like, it doesn't matter. Um... We'll kill it anyways. It's fine. The dog will eat it. Anyway, uh, Wait, so yeah, sorry about slow knock. What time did it happen? We'll figure that out. You don't have time sense in this game. Uh, oh, oh no! <laughs> sorry about you going so a bit hands. later than you're getting tired, Kevin. Um, it's all right. It's not you. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns? Nope. Nope. No. It was nice and fun. I got a cool. Sword. We need to ruin these people's lives with the adventurer economy, obviously. <laughs> it's it's just the, that he, hero just, character aura of bringing crap with us wherever we go. I just need to pay back Yulia because she lent me fifty G. She lent you a ruby worth fifty G. No, depending on how fuckered it is. G. Depending on how fuckered things are around here, actually, Grove has something he needs to do since it's harvest moon time. Sure, there. I mean, there'll be plenty of time to do things. Um, does anyone have anything else they want on recording before we shut it off? Killing. All right. Look forward to next time. Good night, Internet. Good night. Good night.